Hi, everybody. Welcome to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokolow. We are sponsored by LNW Market. You can find them at lnwmarket.com. If you need an L or you need a W, go to LNW Market. They have them. Well, they have lemonitas and wieners. But they have lots of other stuff. They have you'll food. You'll come for the lemonitas. You'll stay for the wieners. There you go. On Main Street in Bridgehampton. And our guest today is Judy Carmichael. Now, there's almost no one out here who doesn't know Judy Carmichael. That's Let a me. double negative, Bridge. Oh, God. What are you going to do? What are you, uh, uh, so you mean, so basically saying everybody knows Judy. <laughs> I know. They thought I was this, like, incredible writer and editor. Uh, there, there, there goes, like, at least 10 <laughs> of my awards right there. They're going to come take them back. Anyway, but yeah, we have Judy Carmichael on. East End legend. East End legend Judy Carmichael. And she's play, she plays Bay Street. She plays uh, in Patchogue. I mean, she a lot of places, but she also plays in castles in Europe. And she's written a book and she's recorded CDs. And she used to be known uh, mostly for doing stride piano, which was Fats Waller, like, she has, I do have to say, and she's right here in the studio, so she can right. hear me say this. She has the biggest hands, but th- that's good. When you, like, like, remember Jodie Foster in uh, Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore? She had these big hands, and that, right. that's, Judy kind of has that, but it's good because it makes her this incredible piano player. Right. And she has a real NPR when, when show. You, when you say she has a real uh, show, when you say Fats Waller, though, I mean we'll ask her. But uh, yeah. so she played with Fats, or just played Fats's music? Um, well, we'll ask her when she comes on, but. She has a real NPR show, and Jazz d- does Inspired. Does she get her eggs on the Jersey side is what I want to I don't know. She's going to tell you all of that. Okay. But, we were but, but she's a real NPR personality. Yeah, unlike us. We're just locals. We're uh, local that's, locals. That's, that's okay. Well, that's something to aspire <laughs> to. But she uh, has a national <laughs> show, Jazz Inspired. And, uh, and she has a, a website, judycarmichael.com. But I, I was drawn to Judy because I l- love the kind of music she plays it just uh when i go to a gd carmichael concert i don't stop moving and i and i don't mean like running out the door i mean bouncing up and down in my seat and uh, but we were talking about something more philosophical as as we usually well turn I, to. The, just the, the the concept of jazz forget the music genre forget right, whether uh, you like the it or history not history and and uh, but the concept of of how you make your statements and where you find your phrases and where you listen in your own life and so I think that's really cool because I don't really play a lick of music. I always have a song playing in my head. I, I feel like I live my life by music. But I think I don't make my music in music. I make it in other ways. And so I think it'd be cool to kind of touch on that on this holiday weekend. That's right. You know what's really interesting, though? I mean, your son is like this you know, yeah, guitar no, prod, prodigy. So yeah, no, where my, did he well, get that from? Well, you know, talent skips a generation. Uh, th- that's what I always say. That's my line. Um, <laughs> no, you know what? Because uh, I've got it, Georgia. You know, no, Eli, Eli found found his thing at a young age and he's and he's just on his own journey i think in, in a strange way movies were like that with me you know first time i was ever brought to a f- movie theater and i can remember it was about four or five it was a charlie chaplin film at the zigfield on 54th and 6th by my grandma when that was still a junkie older theater yeah and i i just it, it movies hit me in a different way and and i think that a lot of the work i've done you know, and it's my, I may be liberal with the words, but like I, I play my music and my jazz in writing screenplays. It's one of the places I do it in, in the cooking I do. I do it in the relationships I have. I know. And I want you to cook me dinner. You know, uh, no, I, you know, cooking. but I'm saying and, and so that's where I make my music. But you know what, Sock? It's really interesting because I know that you do the movies that you, we, I won't name which ones they are where you say, you know, kid, uh, college don't pay for itself. Uh, those movies. Yeah. But I also know that you've done things like shooting an elephant. 
Yeah, Shooting Elephant, which is a George Orwell short story of the same name. Uh, did like a, that's where you find your music. Is absolutely, in absolutely. And, and really, if you will, uh, what I'm drawn to is, is anybody that's commenting on groupthink and anybody that's kind of commenting on the, the, the fragile uh, ego of humanity and how it all falls apart uh, when the reptilian side uh, comes <laughs> and so raises its cobra head basically yeah. absolutely and that's what you know that that short story it's only six pages long is I, I recommend everybody reading it uh, especially near this fourth uh, of July uh, yeah. you know because it's all about how um, if you have a uniform and if you have a gun the only solution is violence, and that's really what Orwell was writing about, and, uh, and it's probably more timely now than even when he wrote it. I have no answer for that. That was just so um, succinct and well put. And, I, and you know what scares me is when anyone says to me, like, where's your happy place or where do you find your music? I just... I mean, to me, like relaxation is work, and work is relaxation. Well, but it's but all that's I where do. you make. But that's your. That's where you play your music. I is guess it, is so. in your is in the editing of the paper and the managing of the paper and 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 the writing of the stories. I mean, I interviewed like I, I know we we are being timely, so I can say like I interviewed Tony Kushner this week. You know, he's the Kush. The the Kush, <laughs> Pulitzer Prize winner for Angels in America. You know, I mean, he's, I don't know him. I'm just saying. I would imagine medal. that was his he nickname was growing the up. National Medal of Arts by Obama. I mean, he's just like and to you know, but he happens to be married to Mark Harris, who we went to high school. Who we with. went to high school with. That's right. So that's how. It, so Mark Harris. Maybe this is this is like a jazz interview because what happened is Mark Harris reached out to me because he wanted to interview my stepdad Tony Walton for a book he's writing about Mike Nichols. Because Tony and Mike were really close. And I said, I will trade you a Tony for a Tony. I will give you all of Tony Walton's information if you let me talk to your husband, Tony Kushner. So that's how it came to be. Uh, but, really but, that, but that right there is, you, that's how you make your music, Bridge. I mean, like that is, that's you in, in your most realized, authentic self, playing your notes and somehow a symphony happens. I don't, oh, you're so sweet. I also make my, I also amuse my, I think that's what we have in common. We amuse ourselves. Like we oh, laugh um, at the stuff we do. It made, it amused me to say a Tony for a Tony, you know? Oh uh, yeah, it's pretty witty. <laughs> <laughs> you are, you are channeling Peter Stone right now. Yeah, yeah, that, that was funny 50 years ago. Yeah. Peter was a, Peter was a cat that like, I'm, I'm talking jazz now, check that right, out. Listen Peter, to you. Peter was a cat that actually had a profound uh, influence on my young life as a writer. When I was in my 20s and really struggling with my confidence, uh, Peter more than once kind of gave me just a little bit of wisdom that uh, allowed me to kind of figure out how to move forward. Uh, sometimes it had nothing to do with writing, it had to do with life. It's really funny because uh, he was a, uh, a friend of my folks. Yeah, and and mine too. I was just so happy that he noticed me. Uh, so he, for those that don't know, Peter uh, won a Tony, a uh, Emmy, and an Oscar. It's a pretty rare, right. rarefied company. What did he win the Emmy for? I, I, I remember the, the Tony was for 1776. Yeah. The it Oscar was for Father Goose. Uh, but he also wrote Charade. I, I thought uh, it was... It, was it for Father Goose or um, it was Charade was a great movie. Oh, my God. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. But I thought but it, was, it wasn't for Bringing Up Baby. Am I... I'm not sure if you did he write that. It might have, have no been. Idea. I don't know. I thought it was for Father Goose, but but anyway. But it's funny because Peter Stone was the first person who ever held me. So did you know that? Hey well, no, no. When I was born, literally when I was born, I did not know that because I was born during the World Series, and so my dad had, and my dad and my grandfather were both at the World Series, and Peter was not at that point a real sporty guy, so he came to the hospital. 
my father being at Yankee Stadium and before yeah. cell phones and and uh, and yeah and so he was the first man to hold me. Was Peter yeah, Stone. but Peter Peter told me yeah. when I was in my twenties, he's like, you don't get your whole life at once. You know, you you get a little bit here and a little bit there, and you know, then you'll wake up one day and you'll see this whole three dimensional life, and you'll wonder how you got it, but you you just you do it step by step. That's a, an amazing place for us to take a break um, because Judy Carmichael is an example of that. Someone who started out, you know, just not just ever, but as a piano player who has now gone kind of into being a writer and uh, is like has made her own life so three dimensional. And that takes balls, you know, it really does. Judy's got him. Anyway, you're listening to us. We're uh, Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokolow. You're listening to us on 88.3 WPPB. You can also listen to us online at 883WPPB.org. And we're always up for donations to this wonderful local NPR station. And we'll be right back after this. Hi, we're back. It's uh, Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokolow. Sunday's on the East End, and we're with our producer, Kyle Lynch. Hi, Kyle. Hi, Kyle. And uh, we're sponsored by L&W Market. You can check them out at lnwmarket.com. Best bento box in Bridgehampton. We're not allowed to say that they're the best of anything. Best... Of anything, <laughs> but they're right next to almond. They're owned by the same guys who own almond, so you can literally get a marinated steak that tastes just like a steak from almond and Most bring it home and do it yourself. Perfluous but bento box in Bridgehampton. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we are here with. Let's welcome our amazing guest, Judy Carmichael. Judy, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for coming Thank on, you. Judy. Yeah. All right. Have a little sandwich thing slumming here with us, you. local NPR. Folks. Yeah, well, you're, you're oh, national I NPR. But oh this, is, this is very high level slumming. <laughs> very high level slumming. So no. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Well. But you are someone who's kind of created what we were talking about before the break. You are someone who has created. I mean, you started, everybody knows your story, but let's tell it a little bit. You yeah. started as like, you know, one of those kind of funny, like, corner, yeah, you know, yeah. barbershop quartet, but the, you played the piano when, at, when, on Main Street you, USA and Disneyland. When did you start playing uh, Well, piano? I started playing when I was a kid, but I never thought it'd be a career. That's what Bridget's yeah. really talking about, is that this was... Um, I grew up watching being obsessed with old musicals. You know, I wanted to grow up to be Ginger Rogers, and by the time I got old enough, like around, what, eight or nine, I realized I couldn't grow up to be in a 30s movie. Ginger Baker instead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I wasn't thinking of this at all. And, but, you know, I always, I quote Milton Glaser, the um, wonderful graphic designer, because he told me when I first came to New York, he was one of the first people I met, and he said that his career had been as creative as his designing which I thought was interesting. Cool. Yeah. Isn't wow, that cool? Yeah. And I and, it, and you have the same thing. And I have the same, and I think that one of the great advantages that didn't seem like an advantage to me at first is I started playing a style of piano when I got in, in the business that hadn't been popular in 30 years, even when I was starting as a right. teenager. So I knew and, I wasn't what, going and, to be. And what was that style? Well, it, 
It's called technically stride piano, but it's early jazz. It's early like, jazz, right? Yeah, yeah I so was that's the Fats Waller. Yeah, I was yeah, laughing earlier happened? when you mentioned Fats Waller because Fats died I was um, long say, before. Was yeah, no, long quote. before I was born. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, well, so I think did he do the song? Wait, your, it wasn't your Fats Domino. Was well, there's Fats Domino, and I, I didn't know who? Count Basie. That's what Count you Basie. Yeah, no, but didn't Fats Waller do the song "Your Feet's Too Big"? He did. That's one of my favorite songs. Yeah, so it's swing music. Most people don't know the term stride. It was Count Basie who called you stride. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hey, guess what? Duke Ellington. Duke Ellington lived in the building I grew up in. Moved out just before I was born. Well, that's very exciting. So, so you had some good karma. There you go. Yeah, yeah the yeah. Ellington, and that. So the whole building swung. So t I mean, uh, and yeah. I know that <laughs> <laughs> in the wind. In the wind. No, but I. Well, it was but the seventies. Everyone was swinging. Yeah, back everyone then, was right? swinging. But no, what in terms of what this wonderful conversation that you're having, how I think it applies just in my beginning career is because I didn't have an expectation of this taking off with a big career. Right. I knew I had to create everything. Right. I knew this hadn't been popular. I knew I wasn't, I was the only woman always around. I was uncomfortable in jazz clubs. They were very often dangerous. So from the get-go, I was thinking, I'm, I want to play this music. I'm going to figure out a way to do it. So that That's made cool. me and, and, creative and, and, about and the that And that led you to Main Street Disneyland it at did. a young age. It did. So we have that So Disney we both have connection. been felt up by Mickey. We have. <laughs> Mickey, Mickey and I got very close, but <laughs> I don't like to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to spoil anybody's image of so, so how, And how did that happen? You just... I didn't like, where, I, I, where's Stride Piano? Uh, Main Street. Well, they, they what they wanted was what they call honky tonk, which is sort of uh, commercial ragtime sort yeah. of thing in the good old summertime, that kind of thing. And I could basically play just like the guy who had the gig. Ba and they wanted basically, like yeah, and, and, oh, I, <laughs> oh, shut up, very Ridge. good, very good. And uh, so I got. They heard me and they hired me because they wanted somebody to play. He was playing five days a week. I played five nights a week. Did they make you like dress like a dude? No, they, they made it. The funny thing is, is my dress was, of course, designed just for me because right. they've never had anybody in that. Right. You were the that. first woman. Yeah, and it was a series of one That's costume it. uglier than the I next. I was going to say, though, you must have kept the Imagineers up all night. Oh, and it was not a good outfit. It looked like pajamas, like a flannel nightgown. It had little flowers right. on it and oh everything. God. Yeah, it was oh not. No. One of the memorable things from one of those old cranky musicians when I was walking out to the car, mind you, I was, what, 21 or something, and I was wearing, now, it's, now I'm off, and I'm not wearing the dress with the bustle and the puff sleeves that <laughs> added 30 pounds. I'm wearing little shorts and a tight t-shirt. One of these old cranky musicians who worked in the band says, Carmichael. And I turn around and he goes, if I'd known you had a hot body, I would have hit on you. <laughs> Thank you, I think. Yeah, well... <laughs> I wow. knew what the outfit looked like. I knew. Right. I knew what I looked like. Yeah, but listen, that my was a very life. long time ago, and, and we're talking about kind of creating music everywhere you go. Music being, uh, you know, the buzzword a here for, for, a, you know, yeah, for yeah, the, yeah. the tinkling keys of your life. Yeah. So where have those been for you, those, those moments? Well, I think I was coming back to what you were saying. I was thinking of it. I really appreciate it. When you're talking about sort of jazz, a jazz life, which I think for jazz musicians is a great thing because improvisation doesn't scare us. New right. things happening, we embrace that. That's, That's the, way the word we're I was trying all to say before, beforehand. Is I mean, like your jazz inspired is it could be called improvisation inspired exactly. because you don't just talk to musicians. No, I don't. I talk you know? to people who who are jazz fans, but they all talk about that that aspect of jazz that they love, the improvisational aspect. Because most of the creative people I've met 
like some jazz. They might not know a lot about it. And they'll re like Roy Scheider, yeah. re resisted be for five years because he thought he didn't know enough. And I said, this show isn't about knowing a lot about jazz. It's what you love about it and the jazz that you listen see, to. See, and I, I listen, see, for me, it's like Louis Prima. And, yeah. You know, it's old style New Orleans jazz. I, lo yeah. I love that. Yeah. You know, All those guys I, I love it kind of up to and including Coltrane and then I kind of. Yeah, but a lot of people back. feel that way. I think that's true. And I think that people don't realize that jazz is this broad area right and that the, it includes so many things and they hear one thing they don't like it they if think it's they done hate really well you're not supposed to understand it you're just, <laughs> supposed, to, you're just supposed to experience no, but that's like it. people say that about well. buddhism they think it's like supposed to be this kind of esoteric thing and i don't think that jazz always is i think that there's a few people out there who do that i mean but anyway anyway no, i think that it can just be that. i think that you like with with the art that I really enjoy, sophisticated art of any kind, I think that you can, and I'm not being highfalutin with it, but I think that, that it should grab you on a gut level in Absolutely. some way, an emotional level without you thinking about it. And the, the sophisticated arts, to me, are ones that are better did, each did, time. Did Huey Blake play Sly? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, he, had, he was known Stride, for yeah. his, his huge, huge hands. hands. Yeah. Huge hands. And uh, he, actually, I got to meet him when I was a teenager. So yeah, I was 17. And did he, your hand disappear in his hand? <laughs> you know what he said? It was really, that's what these old guys were so great about that, uh, is that um, he was, I, I think I was 16, and he was probably 90, something like that. Yeah. And uh, it was the first time I'd ever played in public in this kind of arena and it was a, a club um, um, an association a ragtime association and I was already improvising and playing it faster than the purists wanted it so I was a big failure and I walked backstage and this is when he had his big comeback and yeah. all the TV shows and stuff and he ran over to me and he said they don't know what they're talking about you were great you did what we did we did our own thing he goes i know i was there i knew scott joplin and that like my head exploded yeah oh. totally and he yeah. said you have to shake my hand because my hand touched scott joplin oh that's so cool and now my well, hand is hand touching but it was that and what i get from both of you too even in that first segment when i was sitting here and not joining in is the artist you that did very I really well being quiet oh, by the way so judy i know how hard that is so difficult sorry, go ahead but but you being so excited about creativity that's something my favorite artists and creative people are are continue to be excited about it yeah and that's a big part of it because then anything can happen Absolutely. then you're open to creative things i mean tony walton yeah is a perfect and example about that exactly and his parents are pretty were pre his dad mel Socolow, you yeah. know it, it was movies and and his mom diane produced and i mean you grew still up in a, producing. still producing but, but continuing to be excited about it that's what i mean that's it's like oh boy here's yeah, the but, next but, all right, thing and, and without 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 shifting it into a certain fatalism, I, I do think it's that uh, reality and, and life uh, is very mundane and, and repetitive and, and filled with emotions and anxieties that are not that comfortable. And so the outlet of art and the outlet of expression make life not just bearable, but joyful. Oh, yeah. And so I think that's really the addiction, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, well, and and getting yourself back to that place. Yeah. That's the that's constant that, uh, We thing. talked about it on the air before. That's that Picasso anecdote where evidently in his later years he was in a room 
with a bunch of kindergarten kids and they were all painting and then he disappeared and somebody found him uh, in another room where he was kind of weeping saying I'll never paint that freely yeah and yeah yeah exactly know. yeah exactly so and I think that uh, it's I always say it's a great metaphor for life it's just even when you're in that trough you know you sort of pull yourself together call somebody that's going to get you revved up and then you go right. back up all right and, and then why is a flutist why is somebody play a flute called a flautist <laughs> I don't know. Same well, reason a pianist is called a pianist. A pianist. Yeah, like no, but it's just I, that's one of those things. Right? If you play the flute, you should be a flutist. I know. I know. I, I can't totally explain it. We we agree with you. I didn't know you, you were gonna. Correct. I didn't know you were gonna do the really deep questions. <laughs> on this show. These are the I things know. that bang in my head. Oh, yeah, <laughs> bang your head with a flute. Exactly. Anyway, but that sounds like a good time to take a break. But when we get back, I want to talk about you know. Yeah. The, 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 se- like the, the journey, second part the of journey, your the journey. Yeah, because you, you have managed to be incredibly world-renowned musician. Do you take oh. it to the bridge? I'll take it to the bridge. You're listening to us here on <laughs> 88.3 WPPB. You can also listen to us, thanks a lot, Sock, on 88.3 WPPB.org. And we are Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sockle. We'll be back. Uh, we're back Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy and Alex Sokolov. You're listening to us on 88.3 FM. You can also listen to us online at 88.3WPPB and dot org, of course. And we are coming to you thanks to our sponsors, L and W Market in Bridgehampton on Main Street, next to Almond, which oh, they I also. I hope everybody own. Wait, this we, we weekend. Talking, yeah. I know, but I hope everybody this weekend's really taking it slow. And uh, it's I, July know 4th lo- I know there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of people trying to get places and get everything uh, in. And uh, I, w- I hope one of the most beautiful aspects of Eastern Long Island for me is how the clock tends to kind of tick at a different pace. And I hope everybody can kind of just touch that and just appreciate that we all get to share this space. That's very profound. So what were we were talking about something else before well, we were talking about the, the moments that make up your life kind of. And well, right. I liked it that you said that you were interested in the moment after a, tra- a trauma or Absolutely. some sort of change, which is exactly what jazz musicians talk about because we even have a name for it. We call it the get out the because get out. we've improvised and we've gotten ourselves. How do you get out? How do you get out? And in and Japanese, the, in, in our, my form of Buddhism, it's, I'm just telling you because I'll never get a word in t- with you guys. It's called Han. It's called Hanin. Myo, honin myo, and it means from this moment forward. Mm. So, in other words, right. like so what, the get yeah. out. So let's talk about so your get out. So you're, get out. you're 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 in your stride piano pianist. You're at Disney. You're starting to find your way. And and what was your get out from that moment? How'd you how'd you get I'll to New York? I'll tell you, it's really right? funny. I yeah. was I was coming to New York, and but making my money at Disneyland, putting on this costume and doing it. I could be picky about the gigs that I had in New York, and I thought, and I had one record that had come out, and I thought, I'm going to do this until someone starts recognizing me as long as I can go back and do this and Leonard Malton 
came up and recognized me. He said, wait, aren't you Judy Carmichael? The film there, yeah, yes. right there at the piano at Disneyland. And oh, I was my like, God. And I was hilarious. So because that must have been like a, a sign from God. or Oh, it really know, like was. And was he'd like just taken that gig. So to me, I didn't recognize him. He was vaguely familiar, and I knew so he was cool. on TV. Uh, yeah. And he said, it was funny. He goes, what are you doing here? I have one of your albums. And I only had one album. And what right? was he doing at Disneyland? He just liked Disney. He was Wait, visiting. And your album was, they called her Stride. Wasn't yeah, yeah, yeah. It was called, then it was Two-Handed Stride. And then right. it came, when the CD came out, I changed it to, they called her Stride, or basically called her Stride. Right. But this was funny. It's a funny L.A. story because he had just moved there um, and his wife was with him, Alice. And we've become friends since. And they said, he goes, what are you doing here? I said, well, actually, I'm just subbing for a friend of mine. I really live <laughs> yeah. in New York. <laughs> <laughs> in this outfit and right. everything you know <laughs> and I keep talking I was so right. young and he says well uh, actually we're from the east too um, I had to move here because uh, I'm in the business and, he's, he's, and he's, on, he's on his way to put on the doing, goofy suit he was doing <laughs> <laughs> He was doing the same thing. And so I keep making excuses. This right, is going we're, back we're and forth. We're all at the same trough, oh baby. Oh, my God. And finally, <laughs> finally, his wife leans over and takes, you know, puts her hand on my arm and says, it's okay, dear. We don't like to admit we live here either. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And so that was yeah, funny. So and then but of you course, were born and, there. Yeah, I you're, know. You're, so, you're but then, so then that you, was, you, went, you went to New York. I mean, you, you are like, we don't have all the time in the world, guys. I mean, let, let's speed it oh, up a little bit. Let's speed it up. Okay. Let's get in the pocket of this interview. Okay. And now, you, and now you have yeah, your own NPR fast. show, and you've written yeah. a book, and you play for like royalty. Yeah. So I went to New York, became a big star, and here I am. There Tell you go. me the Rod Stewart was story. That oh, the Rod Stewart story is great too. That was Leonard awesome. Malton and, and Rod, Rod Stewart in the same Malton. segment. Baby, we're Very just getting few people started. know that they were involved. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, there, there was that Rod Stewart story, and I Leonard know. Malton could have been one of those guys. You know that Rod Stewart story? That was right when that came out. It was right after that, and so I get a call. His people called my people. Meant that his people called me. Right. And said Rod has <laughs> one of your albums, and uh, again, I only had one album. <laughs> Rod is one of your albums, <laughs> and <laughs> and he's a big fan, and he wants to hire you for oh a party. Um, that's when he was living in Brentwood, and I said, um, now, I all I knew about Rod was that he was this wild and crazy, slept with everybody kind of guy. That's what I, because I'm, I'm not into pop music. I barely, I knew he was the guy with spiky He did hair. have one really funny line where he said the next time he sees a beautiful b blonde, he'll just buy her a house and, and not <laughs> deal with the marriage and the divorce. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So uh, the entertainment was uh, the Tonight Show Band and Me, cool. which was very odd too. Yeah. Went up and that was odd. So the You're at Rod every, Stewart's house. I'm at Rod Stewart's house. There's all the screaming girls out on the gate, and I go through. And the odd thing was that I w I was just mainly nervous. I got there at nine, which is when he told me to, and he was there and no one else. So I just hung out with him for three hours. Just in he was what? showing me his art collection. That's all this stuff. And then he says, I have to get, finally his wife comes down and he has to go get ready. And people showed up at, at midnight. In, in Los Angeles. Yeah, it was in Brentwood. No, I know, so but it was, in, yeah. uh, the idea of something starting at midnight in Los Angeles. It's a long time is, ago. It was the 80s. Yeah, oh, yeah it was oh. very different. That's, that's, time. that's, that's 3 a.m. That's 3 a.m. New York. No, I know. Confused Los Angeles. <laughs> it was the very, 80s. and I'm telling you, the, 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 I, I think about it because the guest list was all the way from Gregory Peck to Tatum O'Neill, because she'd just gotten famous. You know, it was that, and so to did share. you play for that? Well, no, so it wound up that the Tonight Show band would play at a ballroom. It's one of those old 20s houses, so they'd play. Then everybody'd take a break and go into his disco, because it's the 80s, so we right. had to fold back and forth, back and forth, and I'm sweating, thinking, what am I gonna do for these people? And finally, I went up to Rod about two o'clock and said, 
do you want me to play? And he said, wait until they go into the disco. And he went up to where the piano was above the ballroom and had me just play for him. That's why he hired me. So I sat there for about a half hour and just it's played kind of like a fetishy moment, but it's what, sweet. What? It was, and then I moved in for two years. No, <laughs> you, <laughs> okay. you were the Kato Kalen of well, the Well, I am blonde. Uh, there yeah, you are. Exactly. You were blonde. Yeah. You lived in the pool yeah. house. Got that, a house out of it. And then that's cool. What what songs did you play for him? Because I want Kyle to to put it in the oh in the yeah. Mix here. So it was well. He wanted to hear "Ain't Misbehaving." He wanted oh, all the Fats your, Waller. You, know, you wanted all the Fats Waller. You know tunes. what I love is that you played at Bay Street a couple of years ago, yeah, yeah. and you played a lot of your Stride stuff. And I know that you've moved on from yeah, stride but I'm and still playing the Stride. But then, I'm still but, doing, yeah. but I saw you afterwards. You were like, "I did that for you, Bridget. Oh, yeah, no, no. I did that for you." I am. I'm, you know, I'm bringing up some of those. There's there's real show pieces with Stride that I learned in the beginning that I haven't played in a long time because I've gone in different directions. But I've been resurrecting them and yeah, having good. fun with them. I think sometimes that, that that's that same thing with, with talking about any artistic endeavor. That, at least with jazz, it's great because you, you set it aside for a while and you come back to it and it completely changes. That's cool. And so, which is really fun. But like yeah, grape that was, juice into wine. Exactly, but exactly. And, and since we are being current, we're usually not so current on our show, but we're talking about July 4th yeah, and everything. Yeah. You, you do have a concert in the area coming up, right? I do. In Patchogue, right? Yep. At the Patchogue Theater. For any of you what who t- haven't been there, it's so beautiful. I love that. And Isn't Gary Hygum from uh, Bay Street. From Bay Street. It's a restored, it's the largest theater in Suffolk County, and it's a it's restored um, movie palace. Yeah, oh, wow. really beautiful. And, and when are you going to be playing? I'm going to be there July 23rd. I was going to say, think. don't say 13th because like no. I have like 10 parties to be at that. No, night. July 3rd. It's a Tuesday Ju- night. It's a Tuesday night? Yeah. That's the night I can come. Yeah, July 23rd. Please come. Everybody come playing with my really? trio you at the Bachelor Theater. Love to hear her. She's yeah. amazing. Oh, and, and before we went on the air, you, you said that you played in, in castles and maybe even said that on the air. Yeah. But what, now, what's that like? You, you well, just get hired for a gig and you show up and. You know, it's, it's funny. I've. Uh, I've, I've spent a lot of time in England, and so there's a lot of castles there. So I've had a number of times that I've played in interesting settings. One of the things I like there that we would never do here, and I think it's great, is their music festivals will very often have jazz, and they'll have Shakespeare, and they'll have classical all at the same festival. We would never do that. Yeah, yeah. Right. We would have a jazz because festival. we would have a, a demographic. Classical. Yeah, there'd be a whole thing. Yeah. And I, I did a thing in a castle, the Arundel Castle, in England, that was um, I. That's in, in uh, Sussex. Exactly. I know where that is. And I played with the guitar player. We were the opening act for the for the London Philharmonic. Oh my god! Which was hilarious. No pressure. Yeah. No pressure. You know, there. in the summer, but there's two thousand people on the lawn, and that's I came out. Cool. And they were completely open to it, and Cameron McIntosh hired me, talking about theater people yeah. Yeah, yeah. to yeah, do something for guy. the National Trust of Scotland, and that was at a castle in Scotland. Had me come over, so and, no, and, 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 really are, were the acoustics good? Depends on the castle. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but but all you castles always, are you, not created equally. But you yeah. do always play on a Steinway, don't you? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so you are very aware of like yeah. Oh like, yeah, I can't, yeah. I can't bring my Casio in and get a no, uh, get no, a YouTube no, I want, no, viral. I want a Steinway. No. I want a Steinway. And how'd you get into radio? <laughs> I. People, I kept doing radio interviews, and people kept talking like, about my how did voice. You, how did you drop down a couple of niches no, no, to get no, into no, radio? No, 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 because, no, no, because no, we're I having this say, conversation exactly. about your, your, your yeah. musicianship, and, and yet you also have cast this other shadow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's the right question. It's interesting. I I started out because I did so many interviews where I was being interviewed, and radio people always liked my voice. And they said, you sh- you have a voice for radio, you should be on radio. Better so than saying you have a face it. for radio. Awesome. I know. That's Well, I, unfortunately, I have that as well. No, you do not. She's gorgeous. Everyone. I, uh, thank you, honey. But I, I think it was so many times people 
I'm thinking about how exactly how I want to say it. Again, traveling, I found that in other countries, anywhere but America, I found that people, in my opinion, my experience, honored artists that were great at something. They didn't have to be famous. Oh, absolutely. To where in America, absolutely. I felt you were famous or you were nothing. No, I mean, and I, without, and it's the July 4th weekend, so I'm not looking to bash our wonderful civilization. Mm. Uh, but oh, I do think, no, I do think that one of the real um, unfortunate aspects of the American experience is that we are so industrious and bottom line and branding, branding conscious and that we, we, we all tend to stay in certain uh, lanes and certain corridors mm -hmm. and when you do go to another country uh, you do actually see the value of culture uh, is not necessarily monetary value and, and America, how it's honored and how it's honored but yeah the, and that's what gave go I'm ahead. sorry I'm sorry Judy but the celebrity aspect well you that's were what I was about, saying because yeah. like it, my, a perfect example like my grandfather you yeah. know, produced the Wizard of Oz and people ask me about it all. Do you have a ruby slipper? Do you, did you, you know, no, exactly. and, and I, I met Margaret Hamilton and stuff. But like, do you, do you have something from a job that your grandfather had for 12 weeks in 1939? No, I know. No, and it's exactly the wrong focus. Condom. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm, we're ignoring him. It's but no, but to, but to answer your question, I really, it was, it was two different. What are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> I, just I don't know. I mean, what do I have for my grandfather? I have like, I have his prayer shawl and I have a wool condom. Like that's. <laughs> <laughs> a wool condom. Well, I, I have I, nothing to say. I to that. have actually. I have a, a Radio City Music Hall like Usher little satin mm -hmm, bellhop cap mm -hmm. because he was the first director to have eighty of his films shown there. So that's oh. kind of cool. But anyway, so cause why did you well, get into no, radio? But, but for me, I wanted God the opposite it. of that kind of attitude. I thought that if yeah. I could, well, it was two twofold. That, well, threefold. So many people don't understand his, uh, jazz. All right, no, I know, I know, here. I know, I know. <laughs> I thought if I could talk to interesting people that are articulate about why they love jazz, people in the arts, not just jazz musicians, I could hopefully bring other people to this music, weave in that music. But also, if if I gave very accomplished, well-known people, the chance to talk about their work, not their latest movie, not hawking something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, we talked about Roy Scheider. Right, that I was right. saying that Roy thanked me for not asking about Jaws. Well, why would I talk about it? We talked about everything, but we weren't promoting anything. Right. So I thought if I can get people who are really into this for the big picture, I mean, some artists, it's just a narcissistic exercise, but I'm the producer, so I don't ask them on. Right. I'm interested right. in the bigger story. And then I could also then honor people that I know deserve an hour on NPR and would never get it in America, like ever. The, like, give me an example ever. of someone where you were like, I really, like when you were making up your, your wish list, you, the, like some like first people that you wanted to have on. Robert Redford. Because right. I but he is him. well known. But well, yeah. Oh, yeah. you mean somebody? Well, Someone with him, it was somebody that I knew I could have a different conversation with him because I heard him on Fresh Air, and right. he just, as an aside, said that he designed Sundance on a jazz model, and Terry just kept going because right. that wasn't what her show was about. Right. And I thought that's it. That's the beginning of the conversation about his creativity getting in it. But no, there's lots of people that you wouldn't be familiar with who, because I I mean, I've listened to your show. Well, and because I travel. Sometimes by accident. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I travel. I'm like, it's Judy. Because I travel so much and I take yeah. my equipment with me. Well, I was just, just things will happen. I, I played a concert on a posh cruise ship. I just flew in to play the concert. And it was a movie cruise and I didn't even know it. And so there was, you know, Bruce McGill, who was I showing his McGill. movies and doing a lecture. 
And then he came up to me afterwards and said, I loved your concert last night. I said, I have a microphone and a tape recorder. <laughs> and it winds up that he plays blues guitar. Right. And actually, I wrote that on your Facebook page, yeah, Bruce yeah, McGill, because him. I love him because he was in uh, My One and Only on Broadway. Right. He played the, the Grease Monkey or whatever. Right. He was hilarious. He right. sang uh, funny, my funny, uh, your funny face. I love your yeah. funny face. No, so really interesting wonderful. people. So I've had a lot of people that people wouldn't necessarily have heard of, but musicians right. know. So or a lot of the cultivate, animators, like I You start to cultivate. A, um, a conversation mm -hmm. that people want to be part of to show off a different aspect of them Yeah, that isn't part of the PR machine. Well, and, and people have asked me more than once, they'll say, how did you get this show? They'll, they'll stop me, and Billy Joel asked me that in the middle of it. He said, how did you make this happen? I said, well, I'm the producer. That's how it happened. Because he couldn't believe that we could just yeah, keep I, talking. I, and I think the Are you correct answer might be, I sleep Kyle at the producer. producer. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> Kyle's like, yes, please fire me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so you're not, it's not a PR machine, but it's an NPR machine. We're going to take another ah, break. Ah, yeah, Very Brit. clever. I can't even imagine how I came up with that. I'm so <laughs> exhausted today. <laughs> but we are having such a great time talking with you, and you're listening to us on WPPB. And we are sponsored by L&W Market. Uh, we're going to be right back after this. Do I want you? Oh, my, do I? Honey, indeed I do. Do I need you? Oh, my, do I? Honey, indeed I do. I'm glad that I'm the one who found you. That's why I'm always hanging around you. Do I love you? Oh my, do I? Honey, deed I do. back so Sunday's on sorry Sunday's on the East End uh, with Alex Hocklo and Bridget Leroy oh you did that quick and you're coming uh, we're coming to you from <laughs> 88.3 FM NPR uh, this is your local NPR station we are listener supported and we always appreciate anyone opening their pockets and shoving some jang our way anyway but Judy um Judy Carmichael's our guest and we were talking you just have grown and and changed and like keep changing the game uh, how'd you end up on the east end well that's a good question that is a good question it was uh somebody i was dating introduced me to it out here and in the like 1987 we rented a place so quite a while ago right. and um i didn't i mean i thought it was beautiful but i'd worked my whole life to get to new york so i wasn't thinking i would move out here this was it seemed right. really kind of quiet and then circumstances, we, we split up, and I moved out here full-time in 92. Let's talk about Ellen Diaguardi. All right. <laughs> yeah, she'll love that. Our best friend. I know. I, you know how I met Ellen? How? You'll love this. She interviewed me for a concert because I was the first musician who ever played at Bay Street Theater. You were, oh, really? Yeah, they'd never Wait, had music. Before, before oh, when, when Emma and yeah. Steve were and Yeah, yeah, Sybil yeah, because, yeah, and yeah. so I was going to do a concert for the Chamber of Commerce. Oh, my God. And I said, let's do it at that new theater, Bay Street Theater. And Ellen introduced, or, um, interviewed me, and she said, what was your initial inspiration? And I said, Fred Astaire. And she, 
Oh, she's was, such a huge Ginger and Rogers she's, fan. She's an authority on this fan, stuff. She yeah. can tell you the, the, the color of pink, the shade of pink Ginger was wearing to make it look good in black and Ging- white. Ginger was uh, engaged to my grandfather. I have lots of pictures of them together, but they never actually got married. But she did get a ring. She didn't get a house, but she got a hell of a ring. Didn't get the house like I did. Danced right out of that. Huh? Yeah. 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 <laughs> but anyway, but so you have now moved on to, there's two things I really want to touch on with you because mm-hmm. they're, I think they were outside your comfort zone. Yeah, one yeah. was singing on Absolutely. your last CD. Yeah, yeah. And the other one is writing a book. I know. You, the, yeah, the two book really is all big your things. stories. Yeah. Keyboards. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. The, uh, singing was an even bigger shock because I had all kinds of vocal cord problems, had a couple surgeries, things like that. So I never. Oh, you really I'd are sing. like Julie Andrews. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're referring to a, a, a joke that I had yeah, on yeah. stage, saying that I owed it all to Julie Andrews. That all the years show. that well, people often compare us. Yes. Yeah, our voices uh, are so similar. Of course. Exactly. <laughs> No, but I, that was something I, Sarah Vaughn was an early supporter of mine. And hanging out with Sarah is not something that makes you want to sing necessarily. When you're with one of the greatest singers who ever lived. And so I never thought I could. And then one thing led to another. And I tiptoed into it and was very, uh, instrumental, especially jazz instrumentalists, have a real thing about singers. We're very hard on singers because you can be a horrible singer. And there's so many that are horrible singers. Horrible singer and, and make a better living than you can as a great instrumentalist. Yeah, and, so there's a lot of resentment. Yeah, so I yeah, was yeah. very careful about that I as think, well. I think the, the phrase I once heard was, you can be a bad singer with a good song and have a hit, but you cannot be a good singer with a bad song and have a hit. So I think that a lot of horrible singers might have been writing a good song. I think it's subjective. Yeah, but I think it's think also that if you're pretty and you're facing the audience and you're standing there and you have great musicians behind you, a lot of people just aren't it's listening. About, it's all about the trousers. They're huh? not. It's all <laughs> about. <laughs> they're not listening carefully. Yeah. They're just not listening. There's, there's a great Miles Davis story that someone comes up to him after a concert and says, "Man, Miles, tonight you were just playing great." And he said, "Maybe you were listening great." Nice. That and sounds I, like nice. such a Miles Davis. Yeah, thing it right. does. Thanks. But I think that's the thing. So I tiptoed into singing and and asked my musicians. I, I paid the cover at Feinstein's. All those years ago, $100 for three of them, $300 for me to get the three crankiest musicians I knew to come hear me sing one song in my set, because I knew they'd tell me the truth. And what did they say? They all said, we could have been making so much money, you should have started singing sooner. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. It was awesome. awesome. It was awesome. And but yeah, they but were thinking about that. So yeah. you have the show at at uh, in Patchogue on July twenty third, yep. which is a Tuesday. Yep. And then you have a show at Bay Street in o- October fourth. October fourth. Very excited. Yeah. I love Bay Street. Yeah. What is that? Is that a sun? That's a Saturday. It's probably. a Friday. It's a Friday. It's a Friday. So All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a question. We had GE Smith on recently, and we asked, and we asked and him this question and Taylor. Yeah. But um, how has your relationship to your playing and your your changed over time? No, it's changed a lot, especially singing. It's made me play the piano very differently. And it's interesting because my particular style is so harmonically dense because stride piano is known for that, all that rhythm, all those polyrhythms. But the things I like to sing are, are very often sta- uh, ballads, and yeah. I don't play a lot of ballads. So it's really brought out a different part of my personality. Cool. And you play a lot less if you're accompanying yourself. Right. So I've had to completely change the way I play, which gives Does me more... Does that change s- your philosophy of it, or is it just more that's what is needed to accomplish what you want to accomplish? 
it's brought me to a different place with the music. I'm also happier than I've ever been, so I'm comfortable cool. playing ballads. I was never happy enough to play ballads. And and uh, I'm not going to turn this into a Barbara Walters moment, but right. like, why were you not happy? I had a very very difficult childhood. Okay. And but I've never and, I and I refuse to suffer. It's like you talk about the thing about right. the yeah. next thing. Yeah. And yeah. so I just forged ahead, and I'm a basically happy person, or I wouldn't be here. I mean, right. I think I have a I have big energy. I'm healthy. I'm very blessed that way. So I could get through a lot of that. But I was drawn to this joyous, happy music. Right. And I had so a, a gift for it. And so I did it. But I love ballads, too. And now that I'm singing and I've got the right kind of voice for it. So, well, so no. I, I would, it almost sounds like, though, that you got to settle into your, your own, the role you want to play to yourself, mm, which mm. then allows you to express this other side. Yeah, it's just, it's broadened. I, I now can express myself in more colors yeah, than cool. I could before. That's really cool. Yeah, and then really that brought cool. you to, to writing, which is which an was entirely different thing. animal. I mean, like, you trust, I mean, obviously, you, you're great extemporaneously just, like, talking and telling stories, but... It's very different you, to write. Yeah. Very different. It was And to have an editor who says, mm, can you make this, like, a thousand words longer? Yeah, or, yeah. You know, no, very, very different. Um, I had written a bit, not a lot. I'd written some um, funny articles and music magazines and things like that of some of my adventures. But again, it was very much like the radio show. I, I feel most people are so naive about the creative or the artistic life. They think it's either Beyonce or it's a rom the romantic drug addict, mm -hmm. you know, and, and none of that's that. The, certainly nothing's romantic about the drug addict in the bar playing or right. something. But what it really is, 99% of the people in between that just keep trying to be creative and stay inspired. Yeah, it's process. Those are the people I really admire right. who keep getting up every day because most people don't have a hit movie or something like that. They right. just keep trying to make beautiful Yeah, no, it's, work. it's always funny, like in my case, when people actually get to know me, uh, I, I, I always feel like... When I say, you know, I'm just chopping wood. That's all I'm really doing. And and um, some days are better than others, but that's what I'm doing. And I, the people, when they get to know me, they're actually, I, I feel like that, what you just said. I feel mm. that like, that's really what you're doing. Right, right, <laughs> you right. Know? No, because no, they true. don't realize it. It's just the, the continuing I, of doing it. And I, I wanted to write I, about that. And I, I do a weekly newspaper, and I'm like, I tell people all the time, I'm like, you know, today's front page is tomorrow's fish wrapper. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I take it seriously, but not that seriously. But you don't take yourself seriously. That's oh, the God. difference for me. Who could? Well, no. I mean, if you know me. No, well, I mean, seriously. No, but I feel that that's the difference is the, the, the artists I know that I really admire take the work very seriously, but yeah. don't take themselves very seriously. Right. right. Yeah. And so that's what it's about. And I wanted to write about that. I, I wanted to be entertaining. Right. It was a new thing to do. I wanted it to be funny. Right. But it's a different skill to write funny than it is to talk right, funny. Now, like now, you're now here's the thing I, I ask you. So when I write, uh, even though I, it's a subconscious or an unconscious thing, I, I will put music on depending on what I'm writing. And I almost mm. feel like make a playlist mm -hmm. from what I'm writing. That just gives me comfort. Uh, when you write, uh, how, what's your process of writing? Do you, do you, is music part of your process of no, writing? No, I can't have music on. It's too engaging. Yeah, it's, I'm yeah. the same way. So it's really, and I know people. I talked to Peter Straub. He was one of my early interviews. And he's a huge jazz fan. And he did a book with Stephen King. Yeah, The Talisman. And they actually went back and forth with each other like jamming musicians because Stephen liked rock. Well, Steve also has a, a band. 
Yeah, well, he'd put the, on uh, his rock music and then turn that off, and Peter would turn on jazz, and he'd start writing. Oh, and but, yeah, no, and, and, but for me, it was specifically what, whatever I was writing. It was almost like I, he- I would hear a song in my head, and that would lead me to a playlist, and the genre would change depending on the genre. What you were writing. writing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, I couldn't do it. I, but, I, but again, you know, mo- but, but movie writing is, you're, I'm already feeling it from You're, the audience point of view so exactly. I'm already thinking about the soundtrack. That makes right. sense though yeah, yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. That really makes sense yeah. but uh, and we'll see as I as I keep writing. Are you writing I another love book? Writing. Are you writing another I book? I am. I have. Well I'm writing I'm putting out my favorite interviews because I'll be oh, 20 yeah. years on air next Jeez. year. Wow. 20 years doing 20 Jazz Inspire? Yeah. You, oh my god that's I'm really huge. proud of that. Right so your show, really your show will be out of college and unemployed soon. <laughs> So the book is coming out, yes. celebrating that and talking because I am an independent. There's a lot of interesting stories. How I get the guests yeah. because I don't have. So who are some of the interviews that you, that you have in the book? Well, Billy Joel and Blythe Danner. Oh, I love Blythe. Tony yeah. Walton. Tony Walton. Yeah, is in the book. He is. <laughs> I didn't know that you even interviewed him. He was one He's of my, my first. dad. And you I know, know, I know. know no, that. do you know what I did? Is I started with thirteen. Well-known people that I knew liked my music, so I knew they'd say yes. I didn't even know if they were jazz fans. So F. Murray Abraham, uh, really F. interesting. F. Murray Abraham, it's really cool. So obviously in Amadeus, but then also in... Um, Homeland now. No, 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 but in, uh, I was going to say, um, the Wes Anderson film, uh, Budapest Hotel. Twice, the, the twice he was the int- integral voice to do, the as a narrator, to bring you into these worlds of movies ah. and it's really cool like he has such a great voice no I know it's just saying like it's really neat that like twice in his career <laughs> he was the portal into this like okay, very this leads to me telling one short story Bridget's going to tell the story which is I took Bing to see March of the Penguins when he was like three years old and you know it starts with Morgan Freeman yeah yeah it? You know, you can hear his voices up, up, you know, down in Antarctica, there is whatever. And Bing turns to me and says, Mommy, is that God? <laughs> and I was That's like, funny. you're so cute. He was like, no, I mean God from Bruce Almighty. Of course it was. <laughs> yeah. you oh, my his, gosh. That's he great. didn't actually mean God. That's great. My children are atheists. Oh, that's fantastic. So anyway, oh, yeah. that's very But he recognized funny. the voice. You know, that's voices and voices. music. and They yeah. really take you back. No, yeah. it's great. So it was, and Eel Doctorow. Oh, E.L. Dr. Yeah, so that was, but they were all interesting stories and how the people said, yes, Frank Gehry. Right. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Frank Gehry, the architect? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, I have a good Frank Gehry story. Okay, well, we have, we have eight minutes. All so. right, I'll tell you I very it quickly. it goes off on a unique angle. It does. <laughs> okay. It does. You ready? You have to unique up, okay, on, unique so, up on it. <laughs> so, Frank, right. Frank wasn't quite, quite as famous as he is now. Yeah. But um, we knew each other from other circumstances. And so I, and he said yes to this interview. And I got there and it was like a rock star. There were more people lined up to see him than, so, but I hadn't seen him in years. And I walked in, he had a terrible cold and he gave me a big kiss. And at the time I thought, I'm gonna get sick. Right. From this kiss, but I really miss Frank. I'm glad to see Frank. We did the interview. Everything was great. I did get sick, and it turned into pneumonia. <laughs> oh, my God. So, oh, because horrible. I was traveling a lot. So now I'm at the doctor's office, and he tells me he's listening. I feel horrible. I'm about to fall over. And he said, you've got pneumonia. And I start crying. And he says, because I think I can't go to the hospital. I've got gigs, all this. Starts, you know, comforting me. <laughs> and he said, it's normal to to get emotional with 
with pneumonia, don't feel bad. And then I look over on the wall and there's a picture of Bill Bow, Frank's design. And yeah. I said, Frank Gary gave me <laughs> pneumonia. And he said, and then he strokes me again, the doctor, and he says, it's normal to hallucinate so with, uh, with pneumonia. And That's I said, so no, funny. I know Frank Gary right. gave me yeah. pneumonia. Okay. So <laughs> See, it went off in a different direction. Are right. you happy? Yeah, I am happy, and yet it still stands. Okay, good. So what else are we going to talk about? We have a few more minutes. What? Yeah. What, what well, do we, where, do we, where do we bring this jazz style? Well, what I'm doing, in, you yeah. know, what do you call it? A improvisational Well, I'll tell you something really interesting that's happened for me lately, and it comes along the thing of, of trying something new and and who you want to be with. I was uh, I was out last night with, with Blythe Danner, who I know you know as well, yeah. and she was talking about being inspired and how you stay in the same conversation. And I've started working with a fabulous guitarist named Larry Kuntz in California. Mm -hmm. We are stylistically worlds apart. He was recommended to me, but I liked him so much. Mm -hmm. And he's such a good soul and his vision of where, what we should be creating, where the music should go and that, I thought, because Blythe was saying she wants to work with people that she really loves at this point. Right. You know, that's... Yeah, why take crap? You know, why, you get to exactly. a stage in your life. And I was thinking that, that, that it's brought me in an entirely different direction. I got a beautiful email from Larry saying, and he's a, he's a virtuoso, plays with the LA Philharmonic, does everybody plays with him, but not my style right. in particular. But we've been doing some gigs, we're gonna do a tour. And he said, in this email he said, I feel like a student again. I'm listening to all these things, That's other guitar cool. players in my direction. Yeah. He said, I feel like a student again and I love it. Yeah. And yeah. I thought, here's this example. This is a guy in his mid-50s, famous in his own right, doing all this stuff, and he writes and says, I love feeling like a student. I have a sign at my house that says, um, Ancora Imparo. I may have told this story before, but it's, it's what Michelangelo wrote in his, it, it's written in the notes of one of his kind of books of sketches or whatever. And it's not, I'm not mixing. He codexes, right? I mean, he wrote. No, he, that was he, Leonardo da Vinci. He, oh, who okay. did the code stuff. Right. Uh, Michelangelo, Michelangelo wrote in, in, in Cora Imparo. And Cora Imparo, and it means I am still learning. Mm. And he wrote that when he was 83. Oh, I know. So love I that. always love that because when you stop learning, well, yeah. What's the point? Well, and, and it's exciting. I mean, that's what teachers should really be teaching in school. And they, that's what you hope is that you teach them an excitement about learning. That's what you want. It isn't about learning this detail, that detail, that. It's about yeah. going out in the world and being excited and, about and creating. And that's why they call it commencement. Commencement. Oh, well, I never even thought of that. Yeah. Of course that is. Exactly. Well, exactly. that's a good place for us to um, commencement our show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you had me on. Thank oh, you so, so much. Thank this is great. It's been wonderful. Well, we've had a lot of fun here today. Uh, WPPB, sponsored by L&W Market on Main Street in Bridgehampton, right next to Almond. And thank you, Judy Carmichael, for being our guest. And you have a, you have a website, judycarmichael.com. I do. You've got I two do. shows thank coming you. up I out do. here. I hope everybody will come. Oh, well, we will. Good. We'll all be there. And uh, a book. What, what's the name of your book? The one that's oh, it's now. called Swinger. Right. That's a what Jazz I thought. Girl's Adventures from Hollywood to Harlem. Well, that's a good long title. Mm -hmm. And uh, Sock, <laughs> you want to take us out? Yeah, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening. And uh, again, uh, enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend. Uh, take your time getting back home, wherever home is. Um, and just know that, uh, you know, we'll be here next week. Yeah, we so will. So everybody, uh, be well and stay well. Mm -hmm.